May God's blessings be given to you as you have decided to open the podcast of the Living Hope Christian Fellowship that being given today. It's my pleasure to share you do with you God's Word, and especially a very familiar verse that is used in gospel messages found in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, God's, God loves everybody in the world. But then in the second part of the verse says, that whosoever believeth in Him. So, today we are going to concentrate on John chapter 6. And our starting verse is John 6, 36 and 37, which reads, But I said unto you, that ye also have been seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. You love everybody. And you gave Jesus Christ to provide salvation for everybody. But you have made that condition, whosoever believes in you will not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, as we give your listeners the message today, let your Holy Spirit be the one to speak in the heart. O oh God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, to get the background for this, I'm now reading from John chapter 6, 26, 26 to 29. Jesus answered and said, Answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not, because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves, and were filled. Labor not for the meat that perisheth, but for the meat that endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then they said unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. So from this passage in John 6, 26 to 29, it says here, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. So immediately you get the hint there. This is after the feeding of the 5,000. After which, they wanted to make him king. But Jesus evaded them and took a boat and went to Capernaum. And they still traced him and followed him. And so he made a statement, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because he saw the miracles, but because he did eat of the loaves and were filled. So it was not the miracle that would be amazement and towards God, but they were satisfied with the food. And so Jesus drives in in verse 27, Labor not for the food which perisheth. The translation is, Labor not for the meat, but really meant food that perisheth. But, but for the food or meat 
which endureth unto everlasting life. There are two food, therefore, just for the body, which will perish, because this body will perish, but the food that God gives is unto everlasting life. For the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Who is that sealed? The Son of God, Jesus Christ. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Very earnest question. They were inspired to inquire this. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he had said. So in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace ye have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Therefore, it is not physical work or activity, but the main work that God is requiring from us. This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he had sent. This is the great work of God, that you put your faith in Jesus Christ, whom he had sent. Now we go farther. Going back to that key verse in verses John 6, 37, the second part of that beginning verse, it reads from 37 to 40, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Wow, here is a very important aspect on what it means, those who will come to God. So it says here in verse 37, all that the Father giveth me, or everyone that the Father giveth me, will come to me. Only those that God, is, the Father, has given to Jesus Christ will be the one to come to Jesus Christ. And he who comes to Jesus Christ, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. I will not reject. I will not turn down. For he says, For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, I'm reading again, which he has sent me, that all which had given to me, I should lose nothing, because he will not cast out, but should raise up again at the last day. And this is the will of him, that's the Father that sent me, that everyone which has seeth the Son, and believeth on him, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. This was very pertinent in the time when Jesus Christ was here on earth and ministering, doing the miracles, teaching, and says, if they will listen to him as they see him and believe in him, they may have everlasting life, life eternal. Hallelujah. And he promised that on the last day, Jesus will raise the believers up. Now, you see here, 
He talks about the Father's will. Now, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is just one. Jesus said, He that seeth me hath seen the Father also. Now, you and I were created in God's image, also a trinity, body, soul, and spirit. Who is the real you? Is it the body? Obviously not. It's only a shell. The outward appearance while living here on earth. The soul is the very main person. By what happened in the creation, when God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the spirit, and he became a living soul. So by that earthen creation of God, he put in that body the breath of life, the spirit, the spirit of God, the life. Then that person became the living soul. Question, therefore, who is the real you? Who is the real me? It is not the body. It is the soul. Now, it is the soul that determines the action of the body, not the other, not the other way around. In the same soul thing, we will understand the Father is like the soul. And Jesus, the earthen body of the Father here on earth for 33 and a half years, is the outward appearance of the Father. He who had seen me had seen the Father. And therefore, Jesus, in the physical sense of God, is under the control of the Father, the soul. And it is the will of the Father that Jesus, the body, the physical body, reflects the will of the Father. The body follows the direction and influence the power of the soul. And so Jesus was total submission to the Father, to the soul, the equivalent of us. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, the human form of God, said, Not my will, but thine be done. Now again, here in verse 39 of John 6, This is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that all of that of all we have given me, I should lose nothing. Hallelujah. So now we come to verses sixty-three to sixty-nine. The concluding part of John six. It is the spirit that quickeneth or gives life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto them, uh, unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? 
Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. So, Jesus made very clearly here to those crowd that had eaten, participated in the feeding of the 5,000, and coming after him. And they were wondering, what is Jesus talking about? So he defines it clearly in verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Understand that? It is your soul that becomes alive to the work of the Spirit. It's the Spirit that gives life, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. But the flesh, it profits nothing. It's intended for life here on earth. It's just to be able to subsist here in this world. Now the words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit and they are life. So when Jesus spoke and the Bible, the words of God, they are spirit and they are life. You will say, it does not entertain me. It does not um, raises up my emotions. It doesn't uh, really satisfy my flesh. No. The words of God are spirit and they're intended for the soul. And then he said, there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who would betray him. Just shows that Jesus is God in the flesh. He knew exactly those who would not believe. We'll develop that farther at the end of the sermon. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except it were given unto him of my Father. Wow. As an evangelist, as a pastor, I don't know who really will receive Jesus Christ. But the Father already knows. And so, my role is to find those whom God has chosen to call. Morgan will be given later on. However, Peter in 68 and 13 and 69 brings out a very important point. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What a declaration. And that is why, although Peter denied Christ three times, a reflection of many of us Christians, we fall. When we fall into sin and reject Christ, we deny Christ, not only in words, but in our actions. But by our faith in Him, Jesus said, Those who come to me, I will lose no one. And Peter was one of them. And Peter had said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's why it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, If you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There was that faith in the heart of Peter. Hallelujah. Many of the disciples, even among the twelve, 
were starting to doubt. But Peter made a declaration. Now we come to a point in the epistle of Peter, chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. He, said, he writes, Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. This was written after Jesus already ascended up to heaven, went back to the Father. And many hearing the gospel, even the day of Pentecost, they believed in Jesus Christ. And so he said, Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom ye have not seen not, ye believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. They, these people, did not see Jesus in person, did not hear his sermons, did not see his miracles. They did not even see him in person, but ye love him. They love him, why? By the Spirit's witness in their hearts. So even not seeing him, yet they believe and keep on believing and they're rejoicing in Jesus with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. This describes the relationship of a believer, one who is born again. By believing, he is rejoicing. Why? Rejoicing because his sins of the past are forgiven. His sins of the present, he will overcome. The sin of the future, too, he will overcome. Praise the Lord. And his name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And he will one day rise again and join with God. What is that? In verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. That's why Jesus said in Revelation, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Many believers have quoted Romans 8.28. But we'll go beyond in 29 and 30. Romans 8:28 reads, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. All things will work out for good to them who love God. And who are they? Them who are called according to His purpose. God calls. He picks out individuals to be saved. Look, verse 29, it will sh shock you. But we have to know this. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow. God knows you even before the creation of the world. Even before you came into existence, were born. He already knew who would believe and who would not believe. But salvation through Jesus Christ is provided for everybody on one condition, that whosoever believes. God already knows. God will not be surprised. He will not be caught by surprise. He already knows who will believe in Him. And also it continues in verse 29, He also did predestinate. What is that predestinate? To become a child of God. 
predestinated. Pre means beforehand. Destinate is destined. So anyone who will believe in Jesus Christ will have eternal life, will become a child of God. For as many as receive Him, to them God has given the power or the right authority to become children of God, even to them that believe on His name. That is our destination. And to live for Him forever eternally, forever and eternally in His place in heaven. That's our destination as a Christian. Now, more than that, defining in verse 29, we are predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus Christ is named as the firstborn, the eldest among the brothers. Now, we will be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ according to Hebrews. We are brethren. God, Jesus, is not ashamed to call every believer a brother in Christ. Now we go on verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he called. What was that predestination? To be conformed to the image of his son, and he knew it before the creation of the world, and he has already said, whosoever. You and I don't know who the whosoever are, but God already knows. Even the future generations, God already knows, and he calls them. And so my job as a pastor, as a Christian worker, is to declare the word to everybody, because some of those God has already called. And then I continue in verse 30, And whom he called, them he justified. So when a person is called and responds, because God already knows that he will respond, how much faith is needed? It said, even as small as a grain of a mustard seed. I understand it is one of the smallest. I have not compared all seeds. But the mustard seed is supposed to be the smallest seed. And if we have that small seed, of faith, reaching out to God, seeking after God, after Cornelius. He was seeking for God, after God. And as he was helping in the church and helping the Christians, God in his mercy told him, go and call for this apostle Peter and he will give you the gospel. And the day following, as the Servants were sent to look for Peter. God came to Peter and said, Give the gospel. Go. And so Peter went to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius believed and the whole household. Hallelujah. See, that is a beautiful thing. God knows. He seeks for the, he knows the person that even has a little faith and he calls them. And then he justified. The one who are called, they will respond. And when they respond, they are justified, declared not guilty. Why? Because their guilt has been already paid for at the cross of Calvary by Jesus Christ. And then finally, and whom he justified, them he glorified. A while ago, we mentioned not only is he forgiven, but he is made a child of God, glorified. His name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and more. 
Hallelujah. Glorified in the final glorification is when resurrection comes and the body is transformed in that glorious body of Jesus Christ and to live with Christ forever and ever. But before that, according to Revelation, will be the marriage supper of the Lamb. All who believe will join in that marriage supper of the Lamb. And then will come down to earth together with Jesus. When Jesus establishes his throne in Jerusalem and rule for 1,000 years, and all believers who are resurrected and participated in that marriage supper will rule with Jesus for a thousand years here on earth. That's why some people are amazed. How can we rule with Christ in heaven? It's not in heaven. We'll rule with Christ here on earth. But then after the 1,000 years, when we are taking up in heaven and in the new heaven and the new earth, it will just be rejoicing. We will not be ruling over anybody. Jesus will be celebrating with us. He is our elder brother and we are his younger brothers. Hallelujah. Now you say, how will we rule? Why rule in the earth for 1,000?